Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's guest is a model, a former professional cheerleader, and one of the most innovative sports content producers and hosts out there. Uh, she's well known for saying the WNBA is so important. In fact, one of her goals is to increase the quality coverage of all female athletes, but in particular, obviously, the W. And she is coming right up. But first, Darlene, it's you, girl. Let's run it. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks is hosted by a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a well-executed fade screen and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. A lover of threes in transition, Monica McNutt. Thank you, Darlene, my good girlfriend. All right, today on the pod, we have another one of my good girlfriends, Arielle Chambers, at Ari Ivory on all things social. Um, she's a multimedia journalist, a model, a real model, not an Instagram model, <laughs> a host living in New York City. Her journey began out of her hometown of Raleigh, North Carolina, and it has taken her to Oxford University in the UK and back to New York. She has walked the runway for many a designer, okay, like real runway shows. <laughs> Celebrities as well appeared on the cover of fashion magazines like Cosmopolitan and Vogue Italia and has a shot for major, or has shot, excuse me, for major fitness brands like Adidas and Foot Locker. Ari has been in the WNBA digital media news host space, and she did some in-arena hosting for the Connecticut Sun. She's currently reports on the WNBA and the NCAA basketball for Bleacher Report. Um, above all that, she's my good friend and sister girl. Welcome to the show, Ari. <laughs> I just want to let you know that I was trying so hard not to laugh in the middle of that because I'm like, you better run down this resume, girl. I see. Listen, <laughs> shout out to my producer extraordinaire who is thorough, capital T. <laughs> <laughs> we love to see it. Um, okay, all right. So I have we're gonna take a moment for what's today? We're recording on a Wednesday. This podcast is gonna drop on a Thursday. We're just gonna call it a transparency Thursday moment. Um of course. Ju June seventeenth, so much is still going on in our society. And literally leading up to my pod this week, Bruce and I are going back and forth. I was drawing a blank on guests. I just wasn't feeling it. I, I there's mm -hmm. I don't I didn't know quite how to pin it, like how to express it. Um, of course, then I hop on Instagram and you have just, uh, completed a something K, I don't want to mess up the number, but a run <laughs> and you posted about how you started running because of the uh, Ahmad Arbery situation and how that has turned into such a powerful release for you while we all are dealing with this pandemic and the racial inequalities in our country have been brought to the forefront. And I was like, there's my angel. Like literally there's my angel There is someone who I know is taking care in all of this that mm -hmm. is going on. She's in the know of what's going on, um, both on the athletic front and, of course, all things Black issues. Um, and I know that you're someone who is very careful 
with how you deliver your message so that it can be received, but also not in a way that you dilute it. And so I was like, mm-hmm. that's my girl. She's free. Like she gets it. I, I wouldn't even say that I'm careful. I just literally speak uh, without worry about what, who it offends. And I, it's to the point where when you said that, you you saw that I've been running since May 10th when I did my run for Ahmad. It's it's the only thing that I can do right now, right? We're crippled with everything that's going on. Um, every every time you refresh a page, you see another murder, another murder, and then another person saying, "But all police aren't bad." And I'm just like, look, look, look. If you're not if you're not understanding the grief and the trauma that the the black population is undergoing right now, then I just can't even, I can't even deal with that anymore. So the black button has been my best friend in between runs as I'm, you know, continuing to be on social media. Now I do want to ask you this though. Um, mm-hmm. How are you recharging? Cause it can be an experience that is quite depleting, especially for us as women. Cause now, Mm-hmm. I don't, what day this week was the forefront, the conversation of black women. And I appreciated all the tweets of, I love you and empower me and send me your cash app. But I know mm-hmm. all that works <laughs> out of the reality um, that we are even oftentimes even more or less valued than our male counterparts. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We, we, we're not only facing blackness being black, but we're facing being w- women. And I wouldn't want to be anything but a black woman. Let's like, Amen. let's not get Thank it twisted there. Like, why yes. would you not want to be a black woman? Period. But as far as recharging, I'm having to learn that. This is like a learning process for me. As much as that it's an educational journey for white people and non people of color, it's a it's an educational journey for me to know how I can stay alive, stay afloat during this time, finding releases. I'm so lucky to be surrounded by people who encourage me to take a step back because you know I go a mile a minute always. Yep, I never too. stop. I've learned to turn that, that like my work ethic into mileage <laughs> on the pavement, so I can just stop um, working, stop over exhausting, over exerting myself, and and able to like really tend to to my internal troubles right now, tend to right. my grief, tend to my because secondhand trauma is real. It's mm-hmm. so real, and and you know you a lot of times you don't even realize it because we're just so used to so accustomed. Um, to living in our black skin, and and and, but I, I I've just noticed that a lot of the things that we deal with on a daily, people who aren't black don't, right. And that's what's brought been brought to the forefront now. So it's just like you know, I was on the beach the other day. Um, my friend Kelsey, she has like a private beach situation, and the there was like a beach patrol, like it was a police car, just driving on the beach, and it, you know, you see us jump, whereas you know somebody who isn't black probably wouldn't and that's these are little things that you're learning about yourself as you have to decompress and and really take a look at what's going on so um the way i've been recharging is definitely running my 19ks and 21ks half marathons girl you are running for real sis like you running girl and i hate it you know me you know me i hate running but sis i hate i hate facing some of this stuff even more so Running is just turning into, you know, positivity during this time. I totally get that. I totally get that. So let me ask you because, um, you know, much like many of my circle, we're all using our platforms as best we can to move the conversation forward. 
What gives you hope? If anything gives you hope. Yeah, just seeing that there are, more people are listening. I'm from mm-hmm. the South, and I talk about how I'm from the South, and I talk about how I cheer, cheered in, um, in college. And I'm seeing my former team, teammates, the ones who voted for Trump, the ones who have been so um, knowingly blind to everything that's going on, they're now understanding where we're coming from. And so it's just like you see this gradual change, and, and those are like little small victories. I know you were talking to Renee Montgomery about small victories, and those are, that's to be celebrated. We know we have a long way to go, but people, for some reason, George Floyd hit differently for people. That, yeah. that eight-minute, 46-second video hit differently for people. So people are starting to pay attention because now at the at this point we can't ignore it. There's there's no ignoring racial injustice anymore. Um, Facebook reminds me year after year that I've been talking to people about this in 2012, in 2014, in 2016. Like it's literally all the time, but this time just feels different. I think that it's brought to the forefront. So I'm just looking forward to seeing revolution and renaissance with our society. Hopefully, I love that it does. Um, indeed feel different. And I, you know, we could get into a plethora of reasons why it feels different, but the most important part, I agree with you, is that the conversations are being had. Hearts are open yeah. to hear, ears are open to receive. And so um, I'm with you. I am, I'm hoping um, that this is sustained um, mm-hmm. as much as we are attempting to return to sports in that form in the pandemic. Um, I appreciate <laughs> athletes all of the athletes that were on that call last Friday, both from the WNBA and the NBA, mm-hmm. having conversations about most impactful ways that they can use their platform. So there's no smooth way to transition. Um, and of course, you and I are walking in our blackness daily. So we yeah. are being activists, letting our voices be heard. But we do, we are also sports people. We are. Um, the- we, we, love, we love basketball and stuff. Yes, girl, we love basketball. All right, so I want to go to something I saw you tweet last week, maybe? Mm-hmm, um, that mm-hmm. You were getting mixed r- responses on the return mm-hmm. of the WBA from players. Yeah, it wasn't even mixed. It was uh, what, what you read. Um, several players came forward to me anonymously, completely off the record, and said, hey, we feel like we're not being heard. Um, this is what we want to say. It drafted it up. We went back and forth with it. Um, I wasn't. I, I was actually not going to do it at first, but the urgency in their voices, you you could you could hear it. And and I didn't take a stance when I tweeted it out. I literally just said, "This is what the players, you know, are saying," and it, it gained traction. <laughs> it yes, gained it traction. It was it was it was more than a few. Um, and it opened my eyes to a lot of things. But I'm sure you're gonna like we're gonna dive into that. But like, yeah. Yeah, players had some concerns, and I'm glad that they were able to get more out of the deal than what was originally pitched. So kudos to everybody who was involved in that. Um, but, yeah, I'm just glad that their voices were able to be heard, and if I have to be the punching bag for that, so be it. Um, my main concern is the players, and I love them, and I just think that they deserve the world. So that's where that tweet was coming from, directly from their mouths. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get let's get into it. Response mm-hmm. number one to that tweet, because I was like, I know that she is talking to players. I know that that is not secondhand or made up. She has mm-hmm. those relationships. And up until that point, Ari, we had not really heard from players outside of, no, we had not heard from players. Now that I'm thinking about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, like, I think there was fear of, like, 
not wanting to get in trouble. I think there was fear of like, I, there, there was it was it was riddled with fear and the fact that there, there was so much uncertainty. Um, anybody that's questioning, because I, I I saw some very very rude comments, and anybody questioning my sources or or telling me that you know I'm going about this the wrong way, is that that really that's a deeper issue. Um, and that goes back to not trusting black women journalists, especially young black women journalists. That's uh, mm-hmm. like a completely different issue. But the fact that the players felt like there was no other way to turn that worried me. But I'm I'm glad that now there's going to be an understanding. Um, hey, we're speaking. You need to listen. Um, so, and and it's an honor for for me to sit back and realize that I'm the one they chose to tell it. So that trust yeah. level is there. Um, that put things in perspective um, with me as I'm reading all this negativity. I mean, there was a lot. There were people who told me they, they didn't feel comfortable retweeting it because they didn't know the other side. I'm like, I mean, what other side? Like, it's literally, I said this is what the players are saying. I'm not saying this is what finite is happening. I'm saying this is this is what the players are, are saying. But the fact that it's really funny how the trust of the players is in me, but then the public is like 50-50. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. understand how much more a black journalist has to um, fight for credibility and, and, and keep putting herself out there uh, for people to take, you know, me seriously. It's frustrating. Um, girl, but it is all... Mm, I don't... And you know what? Now that I'm about to say the response that we are sort of conditioned to say and that it is all part of your journey... It doesn't necessarily make it right. No. Um, I don't it, even think it's a part of the journey as much. Because you know what? People, I've, I've seen bigger news out. I'm not going to call anybody out. But releasing information um, without, you know, it being final. And nobody questions those sources. Do you know what I mean? So it, a- it, I'm, not even, I'm not even taking it offensively. It's just, it's just a good thing that I would encourage the general public to check their bias. Yeah, to let's check their implicit bias. That's mm-hmm. that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that was really well said, and it's poignant because even I needed to check my own response to something like that. But neither here nor there. I know that you're verified. Yeah. <laughs> I connecting with players in locker rooms, engaging, creating content for Bleacher. Like you have made it your business to get this <laughs> phrase to become <laughs> universal, and that the WNBA is so important, and I love it because it you're absolutely right? The visibility is absolutely important. But um, you kind of mentioned it there, but we wanted to ask you about the progress that you see women of color making in the journalism world. Oh, we're, we're becoming prominent. We're becoming more fearless. Um, you know, starting a couple years ago, even like, I want to say, I always tell people this, like, All-Star in Seattle, that's literally only three years ago, right? I don't remember there being over five million. I know that that's not accurate, but like, it was so empty, like media wise. I remember seeing Howard, Erica, Michelle, and Doug in Seattle. And look how much traction, how much energy we've gained in that short amount of time. This is All Star in twenty seventeen. And to see how much love and support the league has has gained in such a short time is just admirable. And then seeing at the forefront see more black women and it's just dope because that's a sisterhood right there you see women of color like representing running stuff like you know i know i work at bleacher but you also have chloe at overtime 
killing it. She started that on her own, you know? You see Camille, who's a, a woman of color. She's Spanish, but, like, starting to explain. You see you and Angel taking over everything. It's it's dope. Monica, every, every not Monica, Megan, every everybody. It's just so dope to see so many black women in the forefront of, of this league. And I hope that that transpires. If you, if, even if people out there don't want to be broadcasters or don't want to be social, I hope we see more of that in higher levels and, and in the offices, in the secrets so, of these sports companies. I agree with you because I'm, I'm going to ask you to tap into that Oxford degree that I know you have. <laughs> <laughs> One of the, we've heard this statement a lot, particularly as, again, racial relationships have been brought to the forefront in our society. Love black people as much as you love black culture. Do you mm-hmm. think that, and I guess this, I can answer this question too, because we're, we're in this together, but do you think that there is, how, what is the depth there? What is the depth of, I truly appreciate what these women bring to the table versus they're tapped in to whatever this perceived sports culture is, which is ultimately going to make my organization look better. I think organizations as a whole are being forced, especially the climate right now to really look at um how they value black people in general as humans as opposed to entertainment and so just trusting us with um the higher and hard harder tasks the ones that require um or the ones that carry more weight in the title like i think that it, it's it's forcing people to know that hey black people have a voice outside of just performance based things mm-hmm. um that's that's where we're heading and it's funny because you see so many companies throwing around sports and culture, just like throwing that, that, that term around right now. Like I just always have been a believer that you cannot have culture without black people. We are the culture. We period, period. We are the culture. So mm-hmm. by saying you cover sports and culture and by saying, you know, you cover sports in general and, and then especially the league is what 70% black you have to include black people in, in your talk. You have to have an appreciation for them. You have to value them. And I think that now we're at a time where athletes aren't afraid to speak out. We're at a time where um, social media is allowing the media personalities to, to be huge. So you, you're going to have to pay attention. You're going to have to care. You're going to have to treat us like humans as opposed to just like pawns in, in your entertainment arena, area, court, field. <laughs> all of those places all the places <laughs> um i totally i agree with you there i and again this is the depth the actual empowerment not just you're here to check a box but you are here you are empowered we're listening we're sensitive and not just as you as the expert on all things black in terms of what we can and cannot do as a company and be perceived as politically correct um, I think all of that takes a step forward behind what we're seeing in the national landscape. So I agree with you. It is super empowering. Um, it is uplifting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just here for this momentum to keep on rolling. But my friend, you have just accomplished so much. And so we've got to celebrate you a little bit on this pod. Oh, God. Um, oh, Magazine. God. <laughs> Listen, come on. Ballers <laughs> Magazine has a feature on you in this month's issue um, where your boss Doug Bernstein, not related to Bruce. Bruce is great, though. Um, <laughs> it's and you know what? It's funny. Still it's so funny class. to read this, though, Ari. Because, and I love Bruce. Um, the question says, um, gave you a blank canvas at Bleacher Report. What did he tell you and how have you handled it? Right? Like, that's the beautiful question that my producer extraordinaire came up with. But I remember <laughs> when. 
you got this job. Uh-huh. And it wasn't, we didn't look at it quite as a blank canvas. It was it, not a blank. We had it done. You were sort of uncertain. Um, you were incredibly grateful, but you were a little bit uncertain. I, I think it was a sprinkle of frustration in there, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But Ari, look at what you've done. Like, we're about to have a whole good friends moment. Because look at what <laughs> you've done. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, like, first of all, that's a testament to working off of passion, period. Because a lot of people don't realize how much work goes into building a platform by yourself. Like, everybody thinks that there's a team involved. There was no team. Ask Monica. Monica, I used to be at work just, just sipping on my coffee, just about to cry talking to you on those red couches okay <laughs> like, okay i just need our listeners to know that ari's the brains behind the highlighter account which is now like mm-hmm. officially on and popping and verified but listen y'all like it was the struggle in the beginning and you were you were literally already like sipping your tea emotional like it I, girl like i just got that much more proud of you that i'm taking this moment to really really reflect on this <laughs> thank you see people okay when I got hired at Bleacher Report, it immediately became, oh, Ari has a big company backing her. But they don't realize that, as yes, I'm grateful to be in that space, but they were completely hands-off, let me do it my way, but they let me do it my way, but I still had to meet quotas because you're under a big company. That's the pressure of that. Um, when I got it, it was named We Are Jayla, and I was like, this is not going to work, and it took a lot of convincing to, to show them, like, hey, this this name needs to change. So we had to establish relationships at Instagram um, to get that changed. I fought for that verification. That was like a, that was a Ari hit up Instagram for that. Um, people don't realize that either. And you have to, you have to be able to program, shoot, edit, produce, um, be talent, book the talent. That's a one woman band right there. And then there were days where I was just really, really flustered, really frustrated, really burnt out. But, you know, these stories don't go anywhere. They still need to be told. And I still really held that close to me, knowing that these stories are still out there. Um, and then what Doug did, he said, I don't want you to just focus on basketball. I want you to focus on everything. So now I'm able to to honor sports that I, I hadn't been able to before now i'm able to you know go to brooklyn Nets dance team tryouts audition with them and create a vlog with it and honestly that that is was crazy that was, that was hilarious okay i mean difficult and i you know it's not my style they're 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 hardcore hip-hop i am a street jazz girl i you know i in real life i would have never made that team you know but it was, it was fun to go through their audition process and then get to talk to musicians. Like me and Rhapsody, we both went to NC State. We bonded over that. I got to talk to her for a few hours, and that was dope. The, the rappers I've met, you know, but sports and culture, we can't deny the culture part. So just including that in the brand. And then um, volleyball players, softball players. I just had a dope sit down with some softball players that's coming out soon they're popping and i didn't realize they they only make six thousand a season shoot Ooh, we over here we over here complaining about pay and they're making six thousand and then getting bro. to ride on the float with the u.s women's national team after they came back from the world cup like these are experiences that i wouldn't trade for the world but it, it opened up um my eyes to a lot more out there and then when i do get frustrated with things with the w which comes way more often than should 
I can go to another sport and, and, and tell those stories. And so it's just really, really, I'm, I'm just very thankful, very blessed. <laughs> Girl, I just, oh. okay, so I, if any mm-hmm. of our, crazy. that is absolutely crazy, but any of our next generation folks listening, I think a couple of things you said that are absolutely imperative, you take your network with you, right? No matter who mm-hmm. is back to you. We take our network with us. So it's important that as people are navigating this career space, relationships matter. Mm-hmm. And genuine to... ones too. It's genuine... not just what you, what you can do for, or what somebody can do for you at that time. People move in, in different ways and you have to know how to compartmentalize that. And then you have to know how to be able to repel negativity. I know I've had plenty of talks with Monica and Angel about me wanting to give up just because somebody says something. and y'all were the first ones to be like girl get it together <laughs> you know it that's just a part of your journey and it is and it's just it you know having people like you guys around me kept me in the game that's what it that's what it boils down to kept me in the game because I don't think I would have been able to stay um in it because of the per- type of person I am I'm like I was good regardless like you know what I mean I was a, I was a model I didn't need I didn't need to subject myself to this abuse but Keeping people that will have, um, keep you staying in that perspective, that's so important to keep you grounded, to keep you focused on what you really need to be doing and what you're actually passionate about. And I'm like forever thankful for you guys. Hey, Ari, this is uh, Bruce. I was wondering, how do you sort of walk the fine line between supporting your fellow women of color in the journalism business and the same space you're all working on? while at the same time trying to get the best stories. I mean, I know it's a competitive business and a lot of times people are like, hey, you know, I gotta get, you know, I gotta gotta get a leg up on my closest competitor. So Mm -hmm. I know that's still gonna be there because it's always gonna be there. People who do what you and we all do are like that. Mm -hmm. But how do you walk that fine line? Because it's not an easy thing to navigate. Okay, so I I would say um, I'm, I'm a super competitive person in general. I hate losing. I hate, you know, not being first. But when it comes to support, that's never a competition. When it comes to, you know, if my, my homegirl says I have an article, I'm going to retweet it. Like, that's just that's just on period. Um, I always, because I love the game so much and because I've been so engulfed in it, I know things about certain players that I know that nobody else would know. So I go after those type of stories and leave the mainstream to everybody else, if that makes sense. So, like, I, like uh, I, last year I did a feature on Shatori's dances. Uh, a lot of people don't pay attention to Shatori. I know she's <laughs> she's hilarious. And, then mm-hmm. like, so that, that's a content piece that I wanted to do um, that I know not a lot of people have been paying attention to. Yeah, I talked about it a little bit with Lindsay Gibbs, but, like, that's just not, that's just not nationally known news that Shatori's freaking hilarious. Um, but those are the type of stories that I that I typically seek out. So it's never a, a situation where I'm like, oh, I can't support her because she's doing the same thing I'm doing because I'm working from a place of complete innovation in, in, in a way that, like, I don't see anybody else telling those stories. Like with Dee Dee Richards, with her puffballs, she just won Defensive Player of the Year. So while everybody – I'm not saying everybody – well, while most people are – focused on her winning defensive player of the year. I'm like, the real MVP is her pup. And I don't think anybody's talked to this sister about her natural hair. So let me do that. And that's a very prominent thing about Dee Dee. So 
just looking for the unique story and all that. You do such a good job with that. I, I, I mean, everything you put out is always great. But I do want to ask you this. What would you say mm-hmm. is the thing that you're most proud of under the highlighter bleacher umbrella that you've done so far? I'm just proud that we don't necessarily say no to any athlete that wants to share a story. So a lot of other companies focus on the bigger names and everything like that. But um, there's a surfer girl that hit us up. Her name is Neek, Neek Miller. And she, she is, is I, I guess, really popular in the surfer world. But like, as far as national news, nobody really has been talking about her. My friend Jasmine Baker actually introduced us virtually. And I, I can't wait to tell her story. And then there was this one marathon runner that was hit me up two years ago. And we were, we were in talks of doing something that fell through. But like, the fact that we are able to cater to any type of um, woman that wants to to get her story out. I just take pride in the fact that I am open to doing that and in spreading the word. So I, I think that the openness of it, the family feel of it, the fact that it's actually telling stories and not just a collection of things. It's just it's storytelling. You have, the brand has grown. I mean, you've grown obviously, but the brand has grown. Cause I remember at first it was kind of gimmicky, like not gimmicky mm-hmm. because it's, intense skill to do some of those trick shots and videos that were posting originally mm-hmm. very gen z and not that it's still not a gen z friendly account but there are really good conversations about real stuff on the highlighter account well you know you know when i first got i was like i can't keep these viral videos but you know as a content manager you learn to to know what your audience likes and they like those viral things so i'll sprinkle them in it up them in but like especially now because the climate is so um, virtually charged, you know, I'm always like black AF, like, you know, power to the people. So I'm like capitalizing it. off of it, not, not profiting, but like capitalizing off of like being able to show like, look, this matters. And then um, the C-suite understanding that it matters. So just always just radically being myself on the page, even the way I caption things. Um, I, I don't have the restriction of somebody breathing down my neck about that. It's the trust that's there. And I think that's really important. Um, but yeah, I'm really proud, girl. We went from nothing to 46,000. And girl, I don't plan on nothing stopping. To stop <laughs> nothing to almost okay. 100,000. Yeah, I love it. Um, okay. So <laughs> I'm just, I'm so excited for you. And we, you know what? I think this is important. The one thing that I think most of our guests and Bruce and I agree, the pandemic has allowed us to take some time. and so me and you kind of catch each other like ships passing the night when I'm in New York. And so this really is a first really reflecting since Highlighter launched, Ari. And I just like, literally my heart is just so revived. Like my blood is warm. Like I'm so proud of you. You are crushing it. Oh girl, I'm proud of you. Okay. So you do not realize that, you know, you are ACC Network. Well, you were just talking about how it's going to start up. And look, <laughs> your, your face is everywhere. We love to see it. We freaking love to see it. Y'all used to hate social media. Now look at you on social media posting. <laughs> love to see it. Okay. Man. Y'all here doing overtime challenges in a, in a mansion. We love to see. Child. Listen, Bruce, Ari, had, Ari obviously is a content manager. She's great on social. I am, I'm only like I'm two years older than you, if I'm two years older than you. But I am personally like, man, social. And Ari used to fuss at me all the time, Bruce, about this is a part of the brand. Like, you need to be posting. Blah, 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 blah. So we finally got <laughs> Girl, can you teach you me? Can Girl, you teach me? It's not enough. I listen. Just start with clean pictures, and then go into the personality, and the people will love it. Okay, it's true. It, it. It's true. It's a good formula. All right, so um, we get the news now. 
July 22nd, rather, I'm not July 22nd, late July and 22 mm-hmm. games is the slate that we're looking at for the WNBA season in 2020. Uh, no fans in the bubble. Mm-hmm. What like Any expectations or are we all sort of just trial and error on this? What are your thoughts? Oh, it's completely trial and error because no, no sports league knows what the heck is going to go on. Hopefully it will mean that they, these um, games will be more on networks, hopefully. Um, I, I don't necessarily know the networking side of that for, for programming for networks, but I just hope that there's increased enthusiasm virtually because we are so used to virtual right now. So, like, I hope everybody gets league pass. Like, put the money where your mouth is. You'll get to see all the games that aren't on um, broadcast. And I just – I'm worried about the players because I know a lot of them thrive under, like, the energy of the the crowd. And there's going to be no type of home court advantage. So yeah. that's going to be interesting to see which teams are just – well, first of all, can come together because they have a really short training camp and they haven't been in basketball shape in a long time. So that's going to be one. And then just seeing which ones can just come together without um, the fan support to play, just just to play. So yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know how that is. Like I never played basketball, so I don't know how that feels to play in front of nobody or if you can keep that mentality. Like I know that I definitely am one to thrive. Um, under like pressure and an audience. So I would be one of those that would suffer if I were a player and went down. I don't know who's opting in or out. So I don't know how the hell these teams about to be looking. So it's just like a lot of things that that go into it. Um, Because I really do feel like quite a few will opt out this year. Because for some, it's just not going to be worth it. Uh, That part. And I, the part I was thinking about too is, the WNBA are moms, and I'm not saying that dads aren't present mm-hmm. in the, in the mm-hmm. child rearing and all that, but there's a different draw. I think if you're a mom mm-hmm. that's going to be in a bubble for two months, whether you bring your child with you or not, like um, TRP said to me, she mentioned this idea of total wellness in terms of being able to put your best performance out there, whether you have an audience or not. And so the wellness piece of this to me on both the W and the NBA side, I mean, all the leagues for that matter, that's something that yeah. I'm watching this is a different breed of athlete and your mental wellness has a direct relationship with how you perform physically. And then for the players who are international, is it even worth it for them to come mm-hmm. over um, and be, and be trapped? I mean, it's, it's, it's the mental, like TRP was saying, it's the mental thing. We've already been kind of isolated for, for a couple months because of Corona. Then you have the black trauma on top of it. And then you have isolation in Florida in the middle of a hotbed of, you know, the virus, but, you know, you can't go anywhere but Florida because people don't realize the money behind this. It's like it had to be Florida. Everybody's like, why not Vegas? Who, who is paying for Vegas? Who is paying to shut down an entire casino? Like, how are they going to pay for that? So mm-hmm. Florida was literally the only option, like, in regards to that. And then now the negotiations are leaning toward being able to bring um, somebody if you're five plus years in the league but then they're going to have to pay for it it's just like is it going to be worth it for the players is it going to is it practical for the players and that's where it stands right now and then like with the people who have children um they're able to bring their child and a a caretaker but uh i'm not sure i don't want to misquote anything because i don't have time for them to be calling my phone but um I, i think that they have to pay for the plus one they're testing. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, 
it, it comes to a point where you have to evaluate what's important, especially because it's it's a shorter season and and you never know um, like what the outcome can be. Can can they be more susceptible to injury? I I don't know. It's just there's a lot that goes into it. There's definitely a lot to figure out. Um, really quickly, uh, we mentioned in your mm-hmm. intro that you're also a real life model. Um, when I share a little quick modeling story, how did you become like a real life cover girl? Oh my god. <laughs> ridiculous um when i i was growing up and i used to be on modeling troops which were like dance team type things where you like pump that you're from dmv you know I, yes, I did troop stuff. so i would pump everywhere with the queens right like ball style but when i got to college i put on my facebook status when i was 18 i want a photographer for christmas because i wanted to um i wanted my mom to have pictures of me because i'm the only child and i think that way um, and then my friend wrote under the status, talk to my friend, Kevin, he's a booker. And so I got a mother agent in Charlotte and they sent me to New York and I got signed in New York and I had to unlearn all the way I was walking because I was, I was ridiculous. But back then I was, I was like 5'11 and probably 115. Um, I'm not 115 anymore. I'm probably closer to 160. So the style of modeling has changed over the years, but the fact that I'm 10 years, I'm 11 years in now, it's like that's dope to have longevity so now i don't do the casting thing i just do direct booking and i'm very comfortable just getting my clients to call my agency up straight up and be like hey we need art for this day i'm like bet but runway is a very different thing that you go through development where you shoot for free like those vogue tears that everybody sees that's not paid um so you shoot for free for magazines and different prestigious photographers and that builds your book and so your book online is where the clients go look and um, book you off of if you don't go to castings and if you do you bring your portfolio into the castings but uh yeah so i went through development walked a couple of fashion weeks and then realized that fashion isn't for me because i'm athletically built as opposed to skinny and yeah so now i do a lot of commercial work which uh, foot locker is my favorite client i'll say that on record They've been really good to me. Um, they book me often. And then Moroccan oil. That's I, I, The only time I do my hair is when I have hair jobs. And that's the hairstylist <laughs> on set do it. That's why I ended up being blonde a couple of years ago, because I had a balayage because of Goldwell. It's like these jobs help me maintain myself. Like if I have a beauty job, they're going to do my skincare. So I'm like, this is, this is lit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Kill two birds with one stone. It's Completely. fantastic. Um, I just, I just love, I just love it all. I just, I just love it all. I wish we wore the same shoe size so Foot Locker could send you two pairs and I could get one. Do we not? I think I'm like a size bigger than you. I'm wearing 11. Oh yeah, you are. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't realize that. Are you yeah, No, we're the same height. We're the same height. I have a bigger foot. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, oh man, I'm just so proud of you. Like this conversation just warmed my soul on so many levels, but. This is how we wrap the combos here on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, my friend. Wait one second. Bruce, you got anything before we let go of our model, content creator, WNBA reporter? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I thought, I, thought, I thought you were teeing me up there to, to give to channel my inner Monica McNutt and, and, and give it up for Ari to, to give her answers here. Here's how we end things on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. You have to pick one, either a bucket, a board, or a block. And in my best Monica voice, I'm going to describe what each of those things are. <laughs> a bucket is your A++ material. Give me more of that. Give me some more. I want it as much as I can get. 
a board <laughs> is like a rebound, kind of a redemption, something that maybe started out ugly, but had a silver lining, a rebound, a story of redemption. And a block is Dikembe Mutombo waving the finger, get that sh- out of here. It's trash, straight up trash. So pick one, tell us what it is. It can be about anything. It can be about our societal situation. It can be about basketball. It can be about COVID. It can be about modeling, sneakers, or even Moroccan oil. What do you got? <laughs> I'm I love you, This isn't fair. Oh, How'd so I do, great. Monica? You did great. You did great. Now we just have to give Ari some time to think because I don't want right. to be over. <laughs> but, but Monica, can I do two? I want the yes. board and the block. You're the guest. The guest is always right. Okay. Well, okay. I'm going to do all three. F it. So my bucket <laughs> is for all my Black women out there representing that have been really genuinely supporting one another. And I mean genuinely supporting and, and wanting the best for everybody. And that's so important. And we see it. And I see you. And keep going. You might be underappreciated. But you know what? We out here. We're not going anywhere. Period. So shout out to my Black women out there. Um, my board, rebound. Uh I don't remember what this means, but we'll get back to it. Block. Silver lining. Your board like not so great, but is a silver lining. Like a lot of people have said the pandemic, um, but the quality time you've gotten with family. I'm going to take this to my career. Um, My board, I haven't had the most straight and narrow path. It's been very troubling. And then um, I'm I'm going to narrow it down to this past week with the the tweet that I sent out on behalf of the players. I received a lot of backlash that I didn't expect from certain people. And I, you know, you know, I'm not the best with repelling that Monica, you've seen me, how I, how I deal with criticism like that, especially when I don't do nothing to anybody. Um, but I, I love the people that have been supportive. I love the, the fact that um, the players were able to get a hundred percent of their salary. I love the fact that, you know, the WNBA has now announced that there will be a season. I love the fact that there's still energy around that. I love the fact that certain players are excited for it. So that's my, my board, um, my block to get it out of here. Um, the people who keep <laughs> trying to say black lives don't matter. The ones who always have a defense for it. The ones who tell me, well, cops kill white people too yes they do that's exactly why you should be on the forefront with us marching as well police brutality is very real um i want to block the ones that uh still don't want to be open to listening the ones who always want to talk and be on the defense i hate it i hate it so much just listen um if we can find reasons to have women's marches and pride month then this should be nothing that we second guess needs to happen so that's my block, block the racism, block everybody that tries to tell me that um, Black Lives Matter isn't a thing. It absolutely is. It's a movement and it's going to create change. Bruce, an A++. Like that was a complete overall bucket. Succinct to the point, poignant, <laughs> all three of those were perfect. What say you, Bruce? A, a++. There you I go. I love A's. Um, <laughs> Um, 4.0. Can you do better than a 4.0? I think so. Can you take eight classes? 5.0. <laughs> Y'all um, wanted on my high school. My high school GPA was lit. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> um, no, please tell us. Continue to show us just how impressive you are. <laughs> Girl, I had a 4.7. Oh. See? I told you, Bruce. <laughs> I told you. Like, she didn't just go to Oxford because she can model. Like, she went to Oxford because she got a brain up there, too. Um... <laughs> 
no my friend, all jokes aside, those all three of those, your bucket, your board, and your block, were so poignant. Um, you know, and I think we're both passionate about allowing our transparency to be powerful uh, for mm-hmm. those women that are standing beside us, those women coming behind us. Um, I love you tons, to the moon and back. I'm thrilled for you. I'm so proud of you. Um, I'm so, This is literally what I needed. Like, this is exactly what I expected, needed. In some ways, it exceeded expectations because I did not expect to get all super warm and fuzzy about you and Highlighter and the growth. But this oh, podcast God. was the right on for myself. <laughs> Just, just know I love you, and we're we're in this journey together. And I would not have made anywhere without you, like without our long little talks in the hotel rooms and, yeah, <laughs> and going to like a media days and and tournaments together. And it's been a long journey, and, and you know a lot of people don't see that. So I just think it's really dope that you know we have this journey together, and I think that's something that a lot of people need to realize. Like people can't do this alone. This is not yeah. a alone type of a deal. Mm. This is a family. You know, that's- we out here. It's so true. Um, meanwhile, um, I'm trying to get together a caption so I can follow your rules and post on my Instagram. But I love you tons. And thank you so <laughs> much for hopping on with Bucky Boards and Blocks today with me and Bruce. Thanks, you and Bruce. <laughs> that was dope. Thank you to this week's guest, Ariel Chambers, also known as Ari Ivory. I literally had to take a deep breath when I started this, you guys, because what you heard in this podcast was so genuine. I'm so proud of her. We definitely wish her continued success at Bleach Report and in all of her future endeavors. Thanks also to my fantastic producer and loyal sidekick, Bruce Bernstein, and to our editor, Ben Wolfen, who makes all of us sound good. Please check out our other Pure Hoops Media shows. This week, The Mike Wise Show featured Garrett Temple of the Brooklyn Nets, who had many positive thoughts on how to improve relations between racial and ethnic groups in our society. Mike's guest next week is hoop legend Bill Walton, whose opinions on social justice and society are not to be missed. Four Court Press with Fanta and Adams has a new show each Tuesday. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto Strong and Aaron Berlin is back on Wednesday. And their guests this week are Lakers forward Danny Green and journalist Sekou Smith. BJ Armstrong is back with Eric Newman on the Pure Hoops podcast, which drops every Friday. And I'll be back next Thursday with a brand new edition of Buckets, Boards, and Blocks from Pure Hoops Media. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. My friends, please remember to pray for all of the nurses, doctors, and other frontline workers keeping our society going through these tough times. We are not out of the woods yet with this pandemic, and their bravery and service continue to be critical to our society. We owe all of them a great debt. Continue to follow social distancing guidelines, wash your hands, and wear your mask to protect yourself and others. And please, continue to work for social justice alongside our fellow citizens of all races and religions who are striving for a more inclusive society. If you like Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, please subscribe, rate us, review us, and leave a five-star rating. It would mean a lot. Until we meet again, my good people, even if they are... NBA video game hoops. Enjoy your hoops. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt has been a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. 
New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.